Welcome to Strange Bedfellows Podcast, where no question is too dark, no topic too taboo. Join us to explore sexuality, self-help, and politics with our expert guests and friends. We believe that sexual rights are human rights and that we can all create a brighter world through education and conversation. I am a parent, I am a certified holistic sex educator, I am a longtime sex worker and adult industry entertainer. My name is Elle Stanger and I'm a host of Strange Bedfellows Podcast. My name's John. You might know me as the audio engineer and editor of last season's podcast. I'm now returning as a co-host for season two. I'm a 22-year-old gay man and activist who will share my perspective in the coming season. Join us while we explore and uncover the things that make us squirm, make us shiver, make us tingle in delight. Because sex and politics can make for some very strange bedfellows. So, John, can I tell a sex story? Yes, please. Yes. Okay. So, I had sex last night. Uh, again, not with B. Um, it was, he's asleep in the next room right now, actually. <laughs> like, um, he worked until 4 a.m. <clears throat> I had my hookup date at like 11 p.m. and went to bed at about midnight 30. So he'll wake up probably when we finish recording this episode. It's about one in the afternoon right now. No. So our paths are like ships passing the night. Um, so can I read you the text thread of how I asked? Sure. <laughs> sure. Okay. Let's see. 10 p.m. I said, I want to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he says, 10.02, me too. I said, 10.12, let's do that later. 10.12, he says, yes. 10.13, assuming I'm not exhausted. 10.19, I say, can I get a booty call now and see you later too? 10.19, I have lots of energy. (laughs) (laughs) 10.21, ha ha ha, he says, yes, you may. Who's your go-to? 10.21, I love you. I'll clean up. I wish it was blank, but she's putting space on me, so it's blank. <laughs> yep. This shows you how I think. <laughs> I'm really opening myself up here right now. Um, and then no response for like an hour and a half, um, which is cool because that shows like, again, a lack of like jealousy or insecurity. He's like, whatever, I'm working. Yeah. So uh, 12.07 a.m. I say, hi, how are you? Uh, 12.29, he says, busy, how are you? You get your booty call? I said, yeah. At 10.30, yeah, I'm glad you are busy. Hopefully tips are okay. I'm almost home now. I would love for you to fuck me later if you have the energy. Yes, it was nice. Fooled around a little. I'm gonna nap now. 12.33, we'll see how I feel. I'm pretty beat currently. Um, don't feel obligated to come pick me up. Gonna be a late night. And then he got home at like, yeah, 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Um, so I just wanted to read that. That was a real transcript of how we interact. And I actually didn't plan on sharing that when That's we wrote it. That's a fun it, insight. It, I like it. Thank you. Thank you. It's really cute. So, too. you know, modeling. Thank you. Um, if he's not okay with me sharing that, we'll cut this portion out. But I think he'll be okay. I'll ask when he wakes up. Um, so I went to my friend's house. I 
this was the same person as last time. I still care and love, have love for this person very much. And I'm sure I'll touch bodies with them again in the future. But it wasn't this like as good as the last time for me. No. And I don't think for them either. And so two things are different. Number one, I wasn't, um, I didn't have any alcohol at all. Because the last time I saw them, I had like, I think an ounce or two, I said, of Fernet. No. So alcohol is like a real stimulant that does you know, help like accentuate excitement sometimes or whatever you want it to do. Yeah. Um, the second thing that was different is they were licking my pussy different and it really like set me in a weird down spiral that I had to stop myself. Like I had to switch what we were doing because it was starting to like gross me out. Really? Damn. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It is, yeah. And this like... It harkens back from um, my my younger days, from my youth, but no, from like my early 20s when I'd feel like a sensory thing happening and I didn't like it. And then I'd start like these all these weird visualizations start happening in my mind. So like, for example, let's just say like facial hair started scratching me in a way that I don't like. And usually I like I like the scratchies. I like it from like customers, from their face on my face. If they have stubble, I like it from, you know, scratchies on my neck from a partner or a stranger person, whatever. But it just felt really weird. And my pussy felt really cold. And it just like, yeah, it was it was very it was like a mix of unpleasantness. And I didn't have that excitement behind my arousal to like not care I guess so it was very interesting yeah. so I started having the like the fear and the panic of like oh shit I could just go into fake it mode and I could perform this whole thing and we could be done in 10 minutes yeah. but I really don't want to do that so I um I started really freaking out and then I thought to myself what advice would I give someone <laughs> <laughs> and I thought switch your activity so I was like can you get behind me and then I just completely changed what we were doing and took the attention off of my pussy for a while. So um, that really helped. But it's nothing like it's not their fault. They didn't do anything wrong. I don't even know if this has anything to do with like my sensory issue or if this is I don't think it's trauma related. I think it was just like not as pleasantly stimulating as I wanted. And I was in a different headspace. There was no penis and vagina at any point, actually. Um, it didn't even like we did plenty of other things, but yeah. uh, I don't know. So that was that was worth that was worth sharing because I thought let's do let's do to follow up from our episode thirteen where we talked about um, genitalia. <laughs> let's oh, talk about a little bit <laughs> more of that. Yeah, I sent you that one. Huh? Yeah, does that bring you back? Oh God, yeah. Um, I remember women all the kids are in stupid. Singing it like all of them, all the boys. Like the edgy Women ones. are stupid and I don't respect them. That's <laughs> right. I just have sex with them. Show me your God. That song, I saw that when I was like 19 and I was like, oh, wow, there's a lot of people. Oh, he's making fun of dudes like this. Okay. I can't put my fist in your like college that. degree. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Mm-hmm. Why are you sharing all this information with me? Just show me your genitals. Have you ever heard of a medication called uh, Seraphim? Seraphim is the same ingredients chemically as Prozac. They turned the pill a different color and told it it was for women who have a severe form of premenstrual syndrome called premenstrual dysphoric disorder, PMDD. But the problem with PMDD is that the way they got it in the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, the text used and recognized by American psychiatry uh, professionals. Um, the yeah. way they got it was lobbying with the FDA 
to get approval and all you need to have all you need symptom wise to to uh, for a psychiatrist to diagnose a woman with PMDD is to have any kind of physical discomfort symptom like bloating or uh, cramps along with something like irritability or depression. And that's fucking ridiculous because when I'm bloated and crampy, I'm irritable and sometimes depressed. I don't need a medication for that. Like I need it for my irritability. So it's literally Prozac. Um, Wow. Yeah, so it, it, they're trying to say that the discomfort you feel that's physical and chemical is a mental disorder. This was in 1998. So there's there's a bunch of writing about this. If you look up Seraphim versus Prozac, uh, or there's an article, How Premenstrual Dysphoric Disorder Was Defined and Marketed by Drug Makers. This was written by Susan Perry in 2016 for Minneapolis Post, minpost.com. Um, I heard about this first when I was reading Our Bodies Ourselves, which is a textbook uh, published by the Boston Women's Health Book Collective. They have a bunch of different editions. Um, the commercial, and I shit you not, I remember this commercial. This came out in the probably the late 90s or 2000-ish, early year is it so in 1999 they bought the patent okay so the commercial that they used to advertise this was a stressed out woman in the grocery store like super frustrated because she can't get her carts disattached she's like i'm waking out they're like do you need a pill (laughs) yeah yes so the negative effects (laughs) the negative effects are uh depression digestive and sleep disorders and or sexual dysfunction Damn. Which can be worse than the original symptoms. Isn't that fucking wild? Yeah. Like, Trying to increase their market share by inventing problems. Like, absolutely. absolutely. Or inventing solutions to problems that aren't solutions. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard the so best thing is th- just like, you know, like a hot pack for cramps and things like that. <laughs> and I'm not sure how. how Prozac would help I mean unless they're trying to make the argument that they can lower your stress during like if you feel more stressed out because you're in pain but that certainly won't help with the pain so seems like a lot of downsides for not much of an upside absolutely and that's the point that's really the point okay so flabanserin flabanserin is a new one that one has been marketed as the woman's Viagra Um, the problem with flabanserin is that so first of all, the mild negative effects include nausea, dizziness, fatigue, and sleeplessness. Sexy. There were some studies about these. They refer to satisfying sexual events as how they measure um, the response that the people are having to the medication. There was a, uh, a campaign, a media campaign in the aughts called Even the Score. And it's funny, there was a soap star, uh, Lisa Rinna. She had big old injected lips. Shout out to other people with big old injected lips. But I remember this lady, she used to advocate for all kinds of vitamins and crap. She's a soap star. But so she was uh, the main celebrity endorser for this. And even the score, the idea was men have orgasms, women should too, which yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're like, it's time to even the score. So the problem with the phase three trials of 5,000 premenopausal women they were in hetero and monogamous relationships for one year of, or longer. And these were women that had been diagnosed with low um, hyposexual uh, desire disorder, whatever, HSDD, low libido. 
So yeah. the women taking it uh, of 1,300 women, it's only of North American data. So actually kind of a small sample size for such an impactful drug. But compared to the placebo, the women taking the flibanserin had only 0. 0.7, 0. 0.7, that's 0. 0.7, not 7%, but 0.7 sexually satisfying events per month. So less than one new sexually satisfying. That's like less than a placebo margin of error. Absolutely. However, 14% of the participants dropped out because of the side effects such as dizziness, nausea, fatigue, and insomnia. Bingo. So the side effects for these things can be so bad. That's another part of the problem. It's like for some people that might see a slight chemical lift or improvement, the side effects can be very impactful and holistic sexual therapy could perhaps be what these people really need yeah. so when we talk about like what's normal uh well if the only time your partner approaches you with anything related to sex is when they have an erection and they're like let's bone it's gonna be probably pretty difficult for that to be arousing to someone like again we've talked about this you need like fantasy stimulation yeah. you know like some kind of pleasure touch not just like spontaneous arousal. So a lot of American women think that they are broken or have problem because they don't just immediately have arousal around their partner. We've talked no. about this. Um, so anyway, but I bring this up because arousal has so many things impacted. We've talked about medication. We'll continue to talk about it. But when this stuff comes out in the media, it's really easy to be tricked by how they want to empower women. Like these companies want to sell you things and the media participates in that because they want to sell you things too. It's their advertising. Yeah. Someone just pointed out to me, they said, you know, I used to think that commercials were what was in between the television show. And then I realized the television show actually just hosts the commercials. Yeah. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> hmm. My um, conspiracy theory ass. I'm like, anytime there's any kind of medication introduced, because yeah. uh, these doctors get better scores for recommending for prescribing anyway. Yeah, there's also um, an interesting number that you can look up when you're uh, looking or thinking about taking a medication that's uh, whether it's new to the market or not. Um, there's something called the I think it's the NNT, the number needed to treat. And that's like how many people need to take this medication? What percentage of people actually get positive results from this medication um mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. it's really interesting like you can look up the different numbers for different medications and um some of them have much higher success rates than others and uh, uh -huh. yeah interesting uh so i found before we go to break um actually no it's not break time almost i want to mention one more piece of writing that you might find interesting uh so there was an article by Emily Nagoski. Uh, it was an op-ed piece. Nothing is wrong with your sex drive, published in the New York Times in 2015. In a 1972 issue of the Journal of Nervous and Mental Disease, the neurologist Robert G. Heath reported that he had recorded the brain activity of a young man suffering from epilepsy and a severe mental illness, including a five-year history of overt homosexuality. So he's like, I'm going to cure you of your gayness. The patient had electrodes implanted in his cortex, which was then thought to control pleasure. He was given a three-button self-stimulating device with which he could zap his own brain for three hours at a time, which he did about once every 10 seconds. 
Researchers showed him stag films, which means porn, introduced him to a female prostitute, and measured his brain activity during heterosexual intercourse. Dr. Heath said the treatment was effective. One year later, homosexuality was voted out of the DSM, the DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. Now, of course, only a fringe minority of the medical community would suggest that sexual orientation is anything other than a normal aspect of human sexuality. So the point she's making is this guy went to all this work to cure this man for what? No. For, for no reason. So some people who have what they feel is low desire or low spontaneous desire, um, maybe there's nothing wrong with you or maybe your desire moves in other ways that aren't being addressed. I think that's... Do you think anyone could cure you of your gayness, John? Uh, no. They, <laughs> I mean, I, I tried in middle school. I was like, what if I like wrote a letter to a girl and then I thought about it once I'd written it and I was like, wait, I'm, I'm literally just asking her to be my friend. Never mind. Canceled. <laughs> Moving on. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You thought you were going to try to like write a love letter? And yeah, I thought something? that like if you wanted to be friends with a girl, you had to like write a letter or something weird. And I don't know. My brain. I don't. I don't know what the fuck. Seventh grade or not even seventh That's grade. Adorable. Like sixth grade. John was thinking. That's but, adorable. Um, yeah. I wish little gay boys were writing me letters in sixth grade <laughs> telling me they wanted to be my friend. <laughs> Nobody wanted to be my friend in sixth grade. Oh my god. I, I read um, a lot of books. <laughs> um, same. Oh. Same. We turned out fine. Um. Oh yeah, and then I was checking up on a. Uh, so in episode 13, I wasn't sure if prostatic fluid was a yes to lubricate the delivery of the sperms. Yes, it is. So thanks for reminding me I need to brush up on my anatomy. Be right back. Hey, everyone. It's Elle. I've said before that SpectrumBoutique.com has high quality, affordable, and ethically made sex toys for everyone. But did you know that Spectrum Boutique is also your place for gender-affirming tools such as dilators, compression clothing, packers, and harnesses? It's true. SpectrumBoutique.com wants you to enjoy your body and offers items to delight everyone. From experienced kinksters to curious beginners, Spectrum Boutique Online has books, tinctures, butt stuff, kegel tools, self-help sex writing, sex toys, of course, lubricants. There is so much to discover on SpectrumBoutique.com and follow them on Instagram at ShopSpectrumBoutique to keep updated on exciting new items. Enjoy a flat rate shipping on toys and accessories in discreet packaging and use the code SBPDX to get 10% off your first order. That's SpectrumBoutique.com. Do you have sex questions? Do you want help learning new techniques, communicating with a partner, opening a relationship, or exploring kink? Sex and intimacy coach Stella Harris can help. Visit her office in Portland or connect via Skype to take your intimate life to the next level. Learn more and schedule at www.stellaharris.net or follow her on Instagram at Stella Harris Erotica. Welcome back to Strange Bedfellows. Uh... Let's talk about some music. Yeah. John, you remember this song? Yeah. Let's do, let's talk about some questionable lyrics. I don't remember why I first 
started getting little prickles of disdain from Katy Perry, but <laughs> it might have been with this song. I kissed a girl. Um, so I'm going to try to not project too much here, but this song brought up um, what it was like to be a girl who liked girls and actually preferred touching girls sexually as a teenager and a young adult um, and who was definitely used as a curiosity um, and then discarded by women who were dabbling, girls who were dabbling. Um, so there was a line in here. Uh, everybody knows this song. I kissed a girl and I liked it. The taste of her cherry chapstick. I hope her boy. I hope my boyfriend don't mind it. Doesn't mean I'm in love tonight. I kissed a girl and I liked it. Uh, oh, here we go. No, I don't even know your name. It doesn't matter. You're my experimental game. Just human nature. It's not what good girls do. Not how they should behave. My head gets so confused. Hard to obey. Um, I had a girl take me into a bathroom and we had sex in the shower okay and it felt robotic and strange to me and then I remember she went right out into the room and she's like I just had sex with me and I was not like a cool like popular person in high school for much of it so I don't really know what she thought she was bragging about I mean I was definitely known as a slutty girl so I don't know if she was trying to act out get attention in that way too oh. but like that made me feel very used <laughs> as you might imagine um i want to give this song only credit for maybe lighting up some some like same sex questioning or same gender questioning for girls yeah in a really mainstream way what do you think of this song um at first i thought like when i was in middle school i remember being like well, is she gay? Is she bi? So I researched it and it turned out that like later she came out as bi. Um, but then like she also has like a very interesting history where she like used to sing Christian gospel songs. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, they those were released under Katie Hudson. Um, but uh, yeah, so I thought that was kind of interesting. And she she kind of just like... She's never been, I think, a positive role model. <laughs> like, when no. I look at her in the news, when I look at what she says, I'm just like, oh, she's, to me, she's like the absolute vodka of pop stars. She's like, we love the LGBT community. And I'm like, we love, love the our disposable community. income. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Well, she uses a lot of, she's used a lot of ethnic minorities oh, as yeah. like proppy costumed yeah you know like type like indigenous in stuff egyptian stuff like all sorts of different things all kinds well. of stuff so yeah i it, i think it's interesting that she couldn't make it as a christian singer but she's like one of if not the most like top grossing female pop singers in the last decade i do believe she's quite wealthy she's made a pretty um, penny. and yeah she's made a pretty penny and she's laughed her way all to the bank by being very um moldable i think by the people who produce her image yeah um so anyway beth ditto from the gossip she's a queer singer she had criticized this song when it came out saying that it was uh i don't remember her language but she basically was like this isn't lgbt 
<laughs> this is pandering. This is how you get to be what some of us call upstairs lesbians, where you go to a party and you'll kiss a girl and play with her boobs while boys are watching because it gets you attention. And like, yeah, maybe it feels good, but and maybe there's nothing really inherently wrong with that. I'm just bitter because I've experienced a lot of rejection and harm and bullying from girls who I feel like used me as a prop in their exploration. Um, or maybe I just sound like a bitter fuck boy, but I think that's kind of a damaging attitude to have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. She had some shoes that maybe. she was selling. I think it was like last year or something. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, her shoes had like blackface on them. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's She's not a, a surprise. I don't know anything about that, but that's, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, she had like a line that came out and it was kind of, it was very much like old blackface-y. Like I remember in France hmm. seeing like hot chocolate packets that looked very similar, like that, like not Nesquik, but there's mm. another brand and they would very often use those sorts of images and a lot of them have been like rebranded because they would have like the big red lips, the very like, mm -hmm. like stereotyped, uh, drawn like out features and yeah. She released the line mm -hmm. and those had to be pulled from stores. So, yeah, I don't think Katy Perry has good taste and I don't know what her personality is, but I don't think it's indicative of like her styles and stuff. So when I see the clickbait stuff where it's like Katy Perry's wildest hairstyles, I'm like, oh, I like hair. I'm curious to see how things have been styled. But there's a big part of me. I'm like, I don't want to tap on that because it's not real art. Yeah. <laughs> like this woman became so successful because they have pandered to so many different audiences. And I don't think it's reflective of her creation. It's pop music at its at its core, you know, yeah. it's science made at this point. Um, yeah. So I go out of my way. Oh, and she did say that song was about um, Miley Cyrus, which is another really Weird. entitled white bitch yes <laughs> another girl who dresses up like uh puts a grill in her teeth and does a snore oh, yeah and like then she had her shot someone out of compton her whole like she said some weird shit where she kind of criticized hip-hop and rap after making an yeah, entire she said like that comeback she's from disney through hip-hop and rap yeah yeah there's a bunch of writing on miley cyrus too and how she's done the same thing um it's a shame too because I wanted like a vegan role model like <laughs> in the news. Is she vegan? Be, yeah. But I was just mm. like, oh, cool. And then it turns out that she's still a shitty person. So mm -hmm. disappoint. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, let's do some listener questions. Yeah. Hmm. Can you read this one? Yeah. Hey, Ellen John, I'm curious about Elle's latest post on Instagram, where you say dicks can orgasm consecutively. How do I learn more? <laughs> That's just how I imagine they say that. But yeah. <laughs> how do I learn more? Um, so a lot of times after a penis ejaculates, we just finish, like we assume sex is done. You know, like yeah. for a lot of people. Um, some people get really, really sensitive. They can't keep going. That's worth acknowledging. Uh, if you're not one of those people, um, keep playing after you ejaculate, like wipe off or do whatever, you know, like tie off the condom. You can put on a new one or you can move to a different acti like activity. But one way, if someone has an orgasm, instead of saying, instead of ending it like that was fun, say, this is fun. This is so fun to be like, 
present tense. We're still doing this. <laughs> um, so like change your thinking that sex is over when someone ejaculates, first of all, because that's how I've experienced a few different cis men partners um, having two one person had three orgasms within the same, I would say, two and a half minutes. Um, uh, um, there was a second or smaller ejaculation with, I think, a couple of those people. This has been like, would I say three different partners spread out over probably six or seven years? B was one of them. And then a previous boyfriend. I don't remember who the other person was. Um, that's been my experience. Have you ever had any multiples? Um, I used to have a couple multiples back when I used to take Adderall really regularly because I would mm. edge myself for so long. You said that, long. yeah. Like yeah, a really 13 long you time. said that. Yeah. Like hours, like yeah. an hour or two. I would edge myself for hours Um, and it eventually nothing... became about the, the journey, not the end, <laughs> but the end was like <laughs> often like two or three like orgasms, which was nice. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. So edging. Yeah. Edging a lot. Um, probably, I don't know, practicing endurance, I'd imagine, because you have to be able to, <gasps> yeah, because like, I don't know, my, my boyfriend, he's gone before while we were fucking came and then decided while well, he was still in me to go again. And although that's technically mm -hmm. not multiple orgasms, I think that if you do sure practice that a lot. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Well, that's why I call them rolling orgasms. Yeah. Like they could be, you know, yeah. like I don't want to draw a measurement line for yeah but i thought that was exactly odd, really fun yeah yeah that's awesome it's interesting you said endurance because so we have a tip i actually asked i got a hold of author mira bellwether she is a woman with a dick she lives in seattle she wrote fucking trans women uh nice. i i asked if she had any any free tips she wanted to offer <laughs> uh she says work on endurance right after orgasm in my experience that's a fruitful habit to work on along with intentional stimulation while soft hmm. I'm trying to get her to come on the show but that was her free tip um i also have some feedback from another uh woman with a penis and this is valuable because their thinking is shifted anyway because they're not treating their penis you know like a dick and some some women are some of women with dicks are treating their dicks like larger clits and hormones will make their genitals behave differently so i would love to read this feedback from a friend sure. she says okay <laughs> sure when t dominant uh testosterone so when taking testosterone, I've sometimes been able to stay erect for two to three orgasms that aren't necessarily rolling, but ejaculation dwindles quickly. Tea is most prevalent in the mornings. So if sex is an early thing, it might just like stay hard. Testosterone. When on E, estradiol, estrogen, arousal and response are totally different and the orgasms themselves are more slow build from the crotch area in general instead of focused from the glands corona etc area so instead of the tip really of the penis yeah. a slow build from the crotch area those orgasms take longer to build and the effect of them is more full body and if i orgasm more than once it takes longer and longer to achieve that's cool mm-hmm 
orgasms on estradiol tend to feel more like how an anal orgasm feels when not on E. <gasps> oh my God. Interesting. interesting. They're richer and more fulfilling, but that probably has to, more to do with the gender euphoria of physical response to the right hormones. And then last bit, ejaculate on E is more than a large amount of pre-cum than anything else. It's also sweeter and just thinner, also lower volume in general. The penis and testes shrinks and changes texture a lot on estrogen. ContraPoints has a whole thing about the mouth feel via her YouTube channel. So when I, can I tell everyone how I, I think I've told you before how I masturbate, my quick, how I masturbate yeah. go to. I use the back of my right hand, like the, uh, what's it called? The butt of my hand. If you were going to ram someone in the face, the heel of my hand. There we go. <laughs> I use the heel of my hand. I'm trying to think what how my martial arts instructor would describe it. I use the heel of my hand rubbing very hard on my pubic bone. And that's all I do. Hmm. So that's really interesting that she says from the crotch area. It's a slow build from the crotch area. And you can do multiples that way because I can have a bunch of orgasms that way. And I don't even touch my clitoris. It's near. I used to think I was rubbing my clit, but I'm rubbing my mons area. So some people just have a really rich nerve ending like pad under there. Um, shout out to the beautiful Calgary person that I gave a dance to last week and discovered that area on them with my forearm. And it was very nice. And I had to stop touching it because she was getting loud. <laughs> oh, God. Nice. Uh, it was. Stay tuned for more feedback if I can source it. It's been really difficult to hear from people on a people with dicks on their multiples it's been more difficult to hear from cis men actually because i think a lot of them that i asked are like i've never even thought about that multiple orgasms for me um oh and then i talked to i did talk to one other cis man he's a bit older he said that in his 20s and 30s it was more common for him to be able to have a couple orgasms that usually were accompanied by ejaculation. He said on a good day today, I think he's in his fifties or so. He said he could still probably achieve that, but there's too many variables for him to know. Yeah. In terms of like stress and food and drinking is my other, my friend feedback. So write to us, pillow talk at strange If you are a person with a penis who can experience multiple orgasms or any of your dabbling in that. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. So, have you ever done a show on condoms for different people and recommendations? No, but we asked our Instagram followers, and I heard of a bunch of brands that I'd never heard of before. Uh, ooh, someone says, I love skin thins, no yucky condom smell. Um, I like skin. I use skin. Um... Someone else here says, skin is a decent condom. Haven't had a partner that was porn star large, so can't comment on that. I don't have a latex allergy, just very sensitive to it when it comes to my internal organs. I wouldn't die in a room full of balloons, but please don't ask me to drink out of one. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, yeah, I get irritated when I stick stuff up my pussy, and I wouldn't say I don't have a latex allergy. But does your booty skin ever get irritated by any lubes or any condoms or just, um, I mean, obviously with friction in general. Worse lubes, so Astroglide. 
Uh, Worst Jelly. Sleep is Astroglide. Um, yeah, no, KY I Jelly don't and Astroglide. with those anymore. Now I've got Lube Life and Uber Lube. Uh, I have upgraded <laughs> <Yay>. my life. <laughs> um, other than that, condoms definitely present more irritation, I would say, because they cause the lube to dry up faster. And mm-hmm. then, um, but yeah, no, we've been going at it without those, so... <laughs> It's been better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd just say use a lot of lube. And if you have a thicker, more viscous lube, then maybe mix it with like a more like liquid lube. Like I've been doing this thing where I do um, uh, Uber Lube and Lube Life because Lube Life <gasps> is more watery and Uber Lube is more, even though it's not silicone, it has more of a silicone feel. I have the water-based one. Um, Ooh. But yeah, Uber Lube is wild, by the way. Like if you've used it, like that shit stays for like a day. Like I have to wipe it off with like a... I don't know, like either a shower towel or like a toilet paper or something because like that just does, it's, it's like literally lube. I was reading on the package and apparently- Is it water-based or is it- It's water-based. Silicone. It's a really, really good water-based lube. They have an Uber Lube silicone, but I got the water-based edition. Um, Okay. And it's amazing because like apparently it works so well that like hairdressers use it to like- um, as a stay-in conditioner after they've like dyed hair <laughs> and like athletes use it on their nipples to prevent chafing when they're running like long distances and I'm just Whoa. like wow yeah I started using it after I read that part um, for razor bumps so like after I'd shaved my crotch I actually put some uber lube on it and it felt amazing like everything just slid Whoa. like it glided down there and it didn't itch at all I Damn, I've shaved before with um, silicone lube, so that's interesting that you could shave with a water-based. Yeah. It's water-based? I don't know, look this Yeah, up. I applied it after, not like um, while shaving. I did it after because I was getting this like really uncomfortable feeling of friction against my pants. So yeah, but mm-hmm. during I used a, just like a Gillette foam. Um, but yeah. Dang, um, that's awesome. Someone says, my one has way more size options than regular condoms 10 lengths and nine widths for a total of 60 sizes wouldn't that be 90 sizes uh either either way okay so my one i guess that's a brand um oh someone else says have you heard of my one they have multiple sizes based on penis measurements they let you sample the sizes for free just pay for shipping that's cool that is it says the sizes are the, yeah, the sizes are coded in a way that doesn't display what your size is, which is nice for people who might feel ashamed of buying smaller sized condoms. They should put a premium on those that do say your size. There's a fucking market for that. <laughs> oh my goodness. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, of course, dudes with like giant cocks. Like you think they don't want to know, oh. like pull out a thing that says nine inches on it? Like, come on, come on. <laughs> yeah, they can buy they can buy Trojan, I guess. Speaking of yeah. Trojan, someone says XOXO by Trojan are amazing. The aloe infused lube on them doesn't smell bad. And my partners have said they can't even tell there's a condom on. That's cool. So there's probably lube inside of it. Yeah, those kept ripping for us over and really? over. And we had three of them rip. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Interesting. And it was uh, even once we switched to a water-based lube, they continued to rip. We tried. We thought it was like, oh, it's just the silicone. No, it was water-based lube, and they were incredibly thin. Like, I was just like, mm, I don't know. Hmm. Good yeah. to know. That's really good to know. Uh, yeah, different for everyone. Someone says I like Glide Original G L Y D E. They are vegan and made in Australia. Oh, I've heard of Glide. Um, oh. 
the vegan strip mall in Portland has a grocery store that sells Glide, I believe. Oh, they sure do. Yeah. Um, let's see. Someone says, I don't care for condoms within my monogamous relationship, but we used Sustain because they felt great and are better for the body. No harsh chemicals like literally every other mainstream brand. Ooh, someone says Lifestyles has decent ones for flavors. Oral only. So maybe don't put it in your pussy. It might irritate your skin. I don't know about your butt. I don't know how sensitive your butt skin is. It's not the same as a pussy. I mean, your butt like removes waste. So not the same. You can't really just chill with feces in your pussy. So I will, yeah, assume not the same. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, someone says my V is so sensitive. My go-to is sustained condoms. Cool. So hopefully those are some brands that people can check out because... I am not the condom expert, neither is John. Although, John, it sounds like you're learning a lot more about condoms lately. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, last, like, which is funny so. because we've been using them almost not at all. But, um, yeah, mm-hmm. but it, towards the beginning. And I definitely mm-hmm. learned a lot more, especially because I was like, oh, I'm not just going to go down to, like, the store and get, like, one pack of three Trojans because I'm going to sleep mm-hmm. with this person, like, once and never see them again. So that that's been interesting. Having a, a shift. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I have to find the the best and brightest condoms and lubes they have out there. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Amazon had mm-hmm. Uber Lube, and Amazon also has Lube Life. Heavily recommend both of those. And yeah. nice. Oh, we should probably stop promoting Amazon though, because they're kind of the devil. Oh, true. <laughs> if you, I'm sure Uber Lube and uh, Lube Life have their own direct to consumer websites. If you look them up, absolutely. Yeah. How much money did Amazon give to the Republicans? That was a thing. Oh yeah, for favorable tax laws, and those Republicans happen to also be like super religious zealots who are homophobic. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's uh, chew on that. And have you ever chewed on a condom? Um, I have, I believe it was a flavored one. I was pretty young. I wanted to see what it would taste like. There was no one else involved. I was just like, what does it taste like if I put it in my mouth? There was no one else involved. No. We used to blow them up like balloons and I would suck on them sometimes when I got bored in the porn (laughs) shop. That's amazing. I know. I I was like, I owe my employer 30 cents. I just stole these. It's disgusting. I don't recommend it. Like... I also I just do some like stuff like that to amuse myself sometimes. Like last yeah. night I poured some diet cherry Pepsi, I think, into a tangerine LaCroix. Interesting. Just to see. It was disgusting. Tangerine don't do Pepsi. Yeah. I don't drink Yeah, I don't drink diet soda. I think that's what made it. <laughs> it tasted like watered down wine. Don't do it. Um <laughs> let's take a break. <laughs> I'm gonna get more coffee. <laughs> if you listen to this show. You know how absorbent and sensitive vaginas can be. A wellness movement is on the rise. We're eating organic. Our skincare is organic. We're even using organic tampons. But what about our underwear? Non-organic underwear can lead to infections and irritation from absorbing harsh chemicals. That's why Cherie Intimates are made with organic Supima cotton and certified organic dyes. ShopSheree.com offers products ethically made right here in the US, in Brooklyn. With each purchase, Cherie donates feminine hygiene products to women's shelters in the USA. So self-care for you can provide basic care for those in need. Visit ShopSheree, S-H-O-P-C-H-E-R-R-I dot com and ShopSheree on Instagram. Customers can use the code 
bedfellows to get 20% off at checkout. Hey friends, are you sick of razor burn? Have your nethers cleaned up by the pros at Netherlands Wax in Vancouver, Washington, where experienced owner estheticians have performed literally thousands of Brazilian waxes. Netherlands Wax is gender neutral, sex positive, trans and queer welcoming, kink positive, and body positive. We are just over the 205 bridge in Vancouver, Washington. Worth the drive. Find us on Facebook, Yelp, or netherlandswax.com. Welcome back to Strange Bedfellows, your favorite politics, self-help, and sex podcast. I'm here with O, and we're talking about the news. Let's talk about Portland Police. So Portland Police wants to have about 300 cops at any time. They have 128 officer vacancies at this moment. And they haven't been able to fill them as fast as they have two waves of retirements coming uh, in August 2020 and I believe at the end of this year. So uh, in an effort to get more people to apply, because apparently they're facing an application low like they've never seen. I wonder why. Probably, yeah, probably because the optics relating to law enforcement have not been overwhelmingly positive in the last few years. (laughs) Lots of conflicts, you know, highlighted lots of injustices with departments engaged in these shootings. The cop, I don't remember his name, but the guy who was responsible for Eric Garner's uh, asthma attack, asphyxiation, choking death. He, after five years of review, they've removed him from his position. I don't think he's facing any jail or prison time, but he was considered, he was deemed responsible for um, the choke that killed him. So, and that was five years, but in that time, he was still getting paid like $97,000 a year while it was under review. So, you know, stuff like that in the news makes people hate cops, (laughs) hate the system. But it sucks because when we call 911, if I call 911 because something goes bump in the night and I don't have time to get to my little gun in my little gun safe or if someone's actually beating down the door, like I want someone trained and armored to deal with this shit because that's what society in theory, like that's what we we want. That's what we pay for is people to deal with the problems we can't. It's just utterly gotten out of control as an institution. Um So they need more cops. And so now you only need a high school diploma or a GED. You do not need an associate's degree anymore. You can now have tattoos above the collar and beards might be allowed. So (laughs) fucking goddamn it. The changing face of the PPB. That's scary. We're going to get a bunch of high school proud boy rednecks. (laughs) Can't wait. I told them. I told them at a community meeting. I said, you want people, do you truly want diversity and you want people to who care about the community to get involved and apply? Well, tell millennials, tell queer and trans millennials that they can start at $60,000 a year and if they want the PPB to be reflective of the values and their peers, they can take part in it. Like really, honestly, if I want a bunch of queer and trans and people of color cops, I would prefer that. No. But it's not hip. It's not trendy. Nobody wants to be the change. I understand that. I have friends. I'm like, hey, man, you want to be a cop? I support you. I trust your intentions. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. It'll be a nightmare for you. You lose all your friends. But what are we going to do? What is Portland going to do about our cops? You know, who do we want to apply? 
Like police departments aren't in the very near future going anywhere. So we have them. What do we do? I don't know. Again, love to hear feedback. <laughs> yeah, it says here uh, that uh, talk. the president of the Portland PBS. Police Association isn't too sure that lowering the educational standard will actually help the Bureau, considering mm-hmm. what he calls anti-police sentiment among city commissioners and outspoken community members woot, woot, that he believes drives <laughs> applicants away. <laughs> Which, mm-hmm. I mean, it the only thing that sucks about that is that when you drive away the people in the communities where they're supposed to be helped you're going to get police officers from other communities. And the police officers mm-hmm. from other communities are not going to care about the communities they mm-hmm. work in as much as the ones that are at home. And that's been shown uh, that time actually, after time. Yeah, that was a discussion that was actually brought up in one of my, I think it was some kind of intro or ethics class that I had years ago. Because remember, I went to sc- I graduate, I got my BA in criminology. And I remember my old cop teacher asking students, like, would you want to work where you live or no? And my teacher said... Uh, he said personally that he always liked working outside of where he lived so he could, quote, leave his problems when he left the job. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're in a tough spot. Portland's in a tough spot. We'll see what happens with that. Um, yeah, I think it's otherwise, important for, for police officers to live in the communities they serve whenever possible. Um, yeah, it probably holds people more accountable. It holds them accountable. It forces them to think of everyone in their community, hopefully, as their own kids or their own friends or their own family. Like, so I, mm-hmm. I think that definitely changes things. You go into another community, mm-hmm. you're immediately othering people. You're immediately like, mm-hmm. oh, they aren't from the same area as me. There's like a different kind of tribal mindset. You begin identifying only with like other cops. Like, <laughs> and that even happens mm-hmm. already in like communities where people work in. Uh, where they do mm-hmm. live so I think that just exacerbates the problem I think um, the othering yeah tends to happen regardless but I understand what you mean absolutely there's like an increased risk for it yeah yeah, yeah. Um, how about some good news in strip club world yeah. news <laughs> uh, Minneapolis approves stronger protections for adult entertainment workers so mm-hmm. yes this is from the Star Tribune the Minneapolis Star Tribune So in 2017, after the health department found, quote, stains of concern, the city was considering new ordinances that would have banned the VIP rooms and made all dancers employees. Okay, you know how I feel about forcing strippers to become employees. It usually imposes more controls and larger fees on their earnings. Okay, so the sex worker community apparently fought back to this and they used, it was Swap Minneapolis. There was a research team, Minneapolis uh, group. They had strippers involved. So there was some recurring themes that kept coming up as to what the strippers wanted, okay? And what they presented to the city council and what was approved in committee in the middle of August of 2019 was management should be banned from getting tips from dancers. No. Staff should be responsible for cleaning and maintaining the areas of the club. The dancers should not be picking up napkins and trash and moving empty drink glasses. Absolutely not. Um, That is for a cocktail person to do or someone else. Contracts must be provided to the dancers. Which, again, before you begin anything, whether it's going on a roller coaster ride or seeing a therapist, they probably tell you either how tall you can be or what you're paying, you know, but there's some agreements made. Yeah. 
Um, one of their other terms was security must escort dancers to their transportation if requested. This is huge because why the fuck would the man who you said you're not going to go home with, even though he spent zero or 500 or whatever dollars, why would he not be waiting in the bushes two blocks away and you're not getting walked to your car? You have cash and yourself. That's like you, you need escorts to your cars. I don't understand how these venues can justify not caring for the people coming and going. Yeah. Uh, they requested limits on who can access security camera recordings and how long they're stored. So this is an issue if you are assaulted on camera and you actually have the wherewithal to report it and try to go to the cops and you say, yeah, I know it's on camera because the owner has, they have video and I know where the videos point. And then maybe the venue like doesn't want to get involved. So maybe the, the footage has disappeared. Oh, we don't know. We weren't recording. That happens. Yeah. Because the businesses don't want the cops coming in, dealing with them at all. Uh, so that has been approved uh, management and security cannot have a criminal record of domestic violence. I'm really interested to see how they're going to manage that. Uh, required sexual harassment training is for management. Management can't retaliate against dancers for submitting complaints. Customers must be informed of a code of conduct that has been written by the dancers. That's uh, cool. These, I, right? These all sound like great things. I don't know how they're going to reinforce them. But following, so, oh, how funny. A push for these new regulations gained momentum in 2017 when city inspectors found bodily fluids in 11 of the city's 17 adult businesses. Well, yeah, no shit. What kind of bodily fluids? Do they mean semen, blood, sweat, urine? Ooh, I want to tell some strip club stories on the after show. Yes. Hey, people, if you want to hear these We'll make a better show the more donations we have. So please donate. <laughs> Thank you. I am not kidding. Uh huh. All right. Until uh, thanks for talking with me, John, about all of this. Of course. Yeah. Until next time. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Strange Bedfellows podcast. To find behind the scenes photos, bonus clips, and journals from your guests and hosts. Type www.patreon, that's P A T R E O N.com forward slash strange bedfellows and join for only $1. Find us online at strangebedfellowspdx.com and Instagram at strangebedfellowspdx. You can find me, L Stanger, on stripperwriter.com and Instagram as L Stanger. Write your hate mail or sex and relationship questions to Pillow Talk at StrangeBedfellowsPDX.com and find me, John, on Instagram at Metric.Cafe. Please rate and review our show on your favorite listening app. Thanks for supporting sex education and freedom of expression.